Flight 229, you're clear for takeoff. Just like a flight plan, you have to know where you're going and how you will get there when you plan for retirement. Let Ryan Fleming help you chart out a course for your retirement with his intimate knowledge of financial planning and the airline industry. It's time for the Pilot's Advisor. Welcome to another episode of the Pilot's Advisor. We're going to have a very special guest today, uh, Lee Hyder, who is a mentor of mine and a longtime financial advisor in the Northern Ohio area. And we hope to have Lee on the show more in the future because he has some great perspective and some great commentary on uh, financial advising and how it relates to everyday life. So uh, welcome to the show, Lee Hyder. Lee, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I don't know what you're looking at, but I am looking at one of the calmer days uh, right out on Lake Erie by wonderful Cedar Point, which by the way is closed, but I hear it's going to open up in a limited capacity uh, July 19th, they're telling us. Ought to be pretty exciting around here then. Well, just another month for that. I was just seeing a lot of these big cities are doing their second phase of reopening uh, today, I guess, New York City, but there's also been a couple spikes in coronavirus cases out there. So it's interesting times. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's uh, uncharted waters. Uh, excuse the Lake Erie pun. But um, it uh, seems to be heading in the right direction, I would hope. Well, Lee, why don't you tell me a little bit about first so our listeners know, because I understand you kind of made a move from uh, being in downtown Cleveland all the time to your lake house where you have a nice view of Lake Erie every day. Tell us about that. Well, you know, I've been living downtown Cleveland for about six years. And uh, it is a great city. Uh, it, it certainly used to be known as the mistake on the lake. But anybody who has been to Cleveland in the past couple years uh, can certainly attest to the fact that Cleveland has made some incredible strides. And it really is kind of the place where a lot of people want to be. But after the, uh, the virus hit and I kind of locked myself down like many people for about six weeks in my apartment, I had an idea to just kind of get out to the lake house a little bit, even though I was in the quarantine mode enjoy a little bit more of the fresh air, walk the beach. And I kind of forgot how much fun it was. And I realized it's so much fun. I'm going to make a permanent move to Sandusky and uh, just kind of commute when necessary back and forth to the Akron office. Well, I think that's a good plan. And, you know, I grew up in Ohio and I can say just from visiting you that, uh, you know, Cleveland's really up their game. It's a beautiful city, rock and roll hall of fame. You know, you got the waterfront there on the pretty days for Lake Erie. Uh, and, you know, if the Browns could win a game, you know, it could be a major city. It absolutely could be. And, you know, it, it kind of, you know, interestingly enough, uh, you know, one of these side educational processes that kind of took me by surprise during the quarantine is I really kind of had an opportunity to, you know, take a look at what's important, you know, other than, you know, my career, my family, you know, earning, earning a living, helping people. And I realized that maybe for a period of time, I really wasn't focusing enough on the quality of my life. And uh, this quarantine made me realize when I made the transition to, to the beach area and I can get up every morning, I can walk the beach, I can throw a kayak in the water and still function, you know, from home as people are starting to realize we can do with technology. And it's only a, a pretty quick one hour ride to my Akron office. So I've kind of made a transition that it's, it's kind of maybe a little bit of an opportunity for me to enjoy life as well as, you know, help many of my clients through their retirement years as well. Well, I think a lot of uh, people out there have had a little bit of a pivot in their lifestyles because of Corona, and it's really made them 
kind of realize what is important, what, you know, they can probably cut out of their lives or what they need to start enjoying now. So I'm glad to hear that that's a change, a positive change that you've gone through. You have been on the show before, but, uh, you know, some of the listeners out there might not realize this. So Lee is a financial advisor in Northern Ohio in the Akron area and a mentor of mine um, and has some great things to to say and share with our listeners. So he's probably going to be a little bit more of a uh, more permanent guest on the show from time to time because he has some valuable insights. And uh, I don't like to listen to myself talk all the time. So that's why we have Lee on the show. So Lee, welcome to the show. And I'm so glad of your, uh, you know, positive changes and being able to be on the lake. Well, I thank you. I'm certainly looking forward to spending more quality time with you. And uh, I'm not sure if I can be maybe the uh, valuable resource you hope I am, but we'll certainly roll up our sleeves when you give us an opportunity and uh, share a little bit of 28 years worth of experience with anybody who's willing to listen. That sounds wonderful. And uh, we talked about a couple of things we wanted to talk about today. Obviously, the coronavirus has changed perspectives for many people, uh, many of those in the distribution phase of retirement you know, where they're actually starting to draw down all those funds they've saved all these years. And with the market being in the turmoil that it's in, the volatility it's had, those account balances are down a little bit. And uh, one of the conversations we wanted to talk about was sequence of returns risk. Lee, you want to explain to our listeners exactly what that is? Sure. You know, I think to be honest with you, um, you know, many financial advisors, not only myself, you know, I think from time to time, we become a little bit too uh, much on automatic pilot. And what I mean by that is, you know, we've got a lot of confidence in our expertise, our skills. Uh, We understand our portfolios. We understand our clients. But quite often when a uh, market correction hits, like it did certainly in March, it kind of makes us all in the industry kind of sit up and take notice and maybe reevaluate some of the things that we do. And one of the things that we do, and we certainly suggested to our clients, and it would be some good advice for maybe some of your listeners to consider, is it's about distribution from their portfolios. Obviously, when the market is down, the the price of each individual share you have goes down in value. You certainly keep the same amount of shares, but the value of each share goes down. So if you happen to be in the RMD, required minimum distribution mode, and you're taking money out of your portfolio, and you're, let's say, only going to take the required distribution, you are forced to sell more actual shares in a down market just to meet that required minimum distribution. So one of the things that we certainly suggested to our clients is if you don't need the minimum distribution to pay your uh, reoccurring bills, it certainly made more sense to actually stop the required minimum distribution. As many of your clients know, uh, in 2020, there was some pretty quick legislation passed that gave people the ability, if they were in the required uh, distribution mode, being over 72 this particular year, they were not required to make that distribution because even the federal government recognized the fact that they didn't want people necessarily to have to take money out of a down portfolio because when the market you know, rebounds, as it certainly has started to do, um, you're actually missing some shares because you had to sell more shares to meet that distribution requirement. Have you ever wanted to learn more about the academic approach to investing and saving and planning for retirement that Ryan talks about here on The Pilot's Advisor? Well, if so, go visit pilotsadvisor.com pilotsadvisor.com. You can watch a quick webinar on the academic approach to investing. It'll show you how not to speculate and gamble with your money. It's all based on Nobel Prize winning research. It only takes about 10 minutes to get through the video and watch it. Going to be worth your time, I promise you. 
Go check it out right now, pilotsadvisor.com. It's a webinar that covers that academic approach to investing, pilotsadvisor.com. All right, back to the show. I hear you, Lee. Let me, let me pull you out of the weeds a little bit because, you know, many of my listeners are pilots and then former Marines and stuff like that. So I got to dumb it down a little bit for them. Number one, so you're talking about each time you take that monthly distribution, you're probably eating a little bit more or a bigger piece of that pie. And then also, what exactly is a re- required minimum distribution? And we've had some legislative changes on when that is required just from what happened this year. Okay, well, let me, let me just kind of go back to some of the basics. Number one, a required minimum distribution in the industry, we simply refer to that as an RMD. Because in the old days, which was just up until basically January 1, when you turned 70 and a half, you were required to take a minimum distribution from your portfolio. So in now, other words, after all this tax-deferred money you've been putting in these portfolios, it's, the government wants their, their peace finally, huh? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, they've waited, you know, many times, 20, 30 years for you to be able to accumulate that money tax deferred. And they want to be sure that once you turn 70 and a half, the new law now is you get to delay your minimum distribution until you're 72. But for an example, you have to take out 3.65% of the required distribution from your IRA or 401k if you're no longer working with the company from that account. So if the market is down and you're forced to take out 3.65%, you're taking it from a portfolio that is down and you're forced to sell more shares in a down market, which certainly never makes sense. Well, absolutely. And that's why, you know, when you're in a situation like this, it helps with having the advice of a financial advisor to actually know how, where, and when to take the distribution so you can still you know, sustain your, your monthly lifestyle. Now, Lee, a lot of people out there are kind of indexing their portfolio. They're do-it-yourselfers. And one of the conversations we had was, okay, so you still need that monthly income, but you can't take it out of the whole portfolio. You need to take it out of specific pieces depending on what the market's going or what's, what's going on in the market. Can you explain a little bit of that? Sure. Part of the problem with do-it-yourselfers, and I guess you could break down a do-it-yourselfer into two separate kind of roadmaps. Roadmap number one, the uh, do-it-yourselfer has to figure out how to accumulate, how to build a properly you know, balanced portfolio. But then he reaches a certain point, maybe it's 70 and a half, maybe it's 72, maybe it's 65 when he retires. Now he gets into kind of a distribution phase and there's a whole nother science and expertise required in figuring out how do I harvest the amount of money that I need from my portfolio? Where do I take it from? What allocation? And that's a really important thing that, that I know you and I have spent a lot of time you know, off the air talking about. But again, you just don't want to have a four or $500,000 portfolio and simply fill out a withdrawal form and say, send me $4,000 a month, because what they're going to do in that situation is simply take the $4,000 from the overall portfolio. And that may sound like a logical, easy thing to do. Sadly, it's probably too easy to do, but it may not be the best thing for your listeners to be doing at that particular point. Well, well, definitely not. And I would argue even that, you know, when I talk about a lot of my younger clients and listeners, and we're trying to build, build that portfolio for retirement, we're trying to build, you know, those retirement assets. That's actually the easier part of this whole retirement picture. Wouldn't you argue that the distribution phase is much, much more complicated, requires much, much more oversight? 
And, you know, I, I, when I talk to prospects, clients, et cetera, the distribution phase is much, much more uh, technologically, uh, uh, I don't want to say technologically advanced, but more complicated because you, you don't have any more money to, to gain except for off of, off of investing and you have to make it survive for the next 30 years. You know, not only, you know, is it the, what you would, you and I would refer to as the more complicated analysis to determine, but honestly, it's probably the, uh, the least spoken about on the internet. So if you're a do-it-yourselfer, you know, you may just simply go to a, you know, internet website and I have no idea where you're getting your research from or how valuable or even accurate that research is. But simply, if you just simply count the web pages that are available for, you know, the word investing versus, you know, you know, harvesting and, and strategies for RMDs, you find a lot less information for the do-it-yourselfer out there to be able to figure out how should he build his portfolio in a down market? Because even that we're in a, in a market that is bouncing back, I mean, but this is certainly not a time not to be investing. As a matter of fact, I would tell your listeners, this is probably an incredible time to be investing because there's so many bargains to be had. Well, I definitely agree with, you know, the bargains and I try to, to talk about that all the time. I mean, this is really, a, especially if you're a, a long-term investor, this is an opportunity uh, for sure. Well, hey there. We hope you're enjoying listening to The Pilot's Advisor today. Just wanted to take a quick moment from the show to remind you that if you have any questions ever about what Ryan talks about on the program, need any assistance with your financial planning, need some guidance to get to and through retirement, or whatever financial questions might be on your mind, don't ever hesitate to reach out. The simple way to get in touch with Ryan is to pick up the phone and call or text 843-475-3038. Again, that's 843-475-3038. You can also find Ryan online at FlemingFG.com. That's FlemingFG.com. And as always, we put contact information to get in touch with Ryan in the description or the show notes section of the program. So just check it out on whatever app you're using, and it's easy to get in touch with Ryan. All right, now back to the show. I'm sorry, Lee. I actually th- I lost my train of thought. I had something that I wanted to say there to you based off of some of the conversation you were having, well, and I, I lost I, it. Can you imagine I, that? Yeah, I'd, I'd rather you lose your train of thought now than 35,000 feet in the air with your hand on a yoke. So let me, let me, let me, uh, let me, let me. And I'm not, near, I'm not nearly as old as you are either. I, you, you lose your train of thought all the time. You know, I don't even know where the train station is anymore, let alone losing your train of thought. But <laughs> with, uh, with that being said, you know, one of the things that, you know, we do for clients during this down period of time, it gives us an opportunity to really take a look at the allocation. And if you're one of those people that you're in a required minimum distribution mode, RMD, or maybe you're not, but you still need to be taking money from your portfolio just to pay your reoccurring bills. You know, one of the strategies that we recommend for many clients is we kind of want to shift a certain percentage of your equity positions, that's your stocks, into a fixed income. And then when we're actually going to be taking the required minimum distribution or the amount of the distribution just to pay your reoccurring bills, I would much rather prefer to take the distribution from the fixed income side of the portfolio, letting the equity side stay intact so that when we do continue to get to bounce in the market, I have not depleted the amount of shares that I have so I can take advantage of that bounce. Well, Lee, that is amazing. You mean sell what's high and retain what's low or buy what's low with the rebalance or keeping those uh, equities until they recover versus selling them while they're down. The funny part about that is as clients' emotions, they always tend to do the opposite of what they should be doing. 
Well, you know, you know, you and I've said this, I think we've both even written about this, you know, in our books, but I mean, you know, many things when it comes to investing, you know, they're, they're easy to talk about and, and most people would agree. Hard to do. Hard oh, to do. Very, very hard to implement. It's like dieting. We all know what it takes to be a successful dieter. You know, you, you do what? You eat a little less, you move a little more, but why is dieting one of the most profitable industries today, be it books or diets people are selling? It's because people understand what they should do, but they have a hard time implementing it, especially when that food is put right in front of them. It's the yeah. same thing in the market. We know what we should do when the market's down. You know, we should take advantage of bargains, but people tend to do the opposite. So I have a great one that I just recently had with a prospect, a conversation we had. And one of the things that he was bringing up was he said, well, I'm about to retire. So this whole 401k that I have over there, I don't really need your help with managing that because I'm just going to start drawing from it. I mean, what, 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 <laughs> I feel like I'm missing a sentence there. And, but, or why? I mean, what does that even mean? <laughs> well, and it brings back my point of, you know, this is when you need to have your funds consolidated and come up with a good distribution strategy uh, for your retirement. And especially for what just happened, you know, with this huge correction in the market, because if you start making mistakes right now on that distribution strategy, it right. could drastically affect your portfolio going forward. You might lose five to seven years of oh, money. Not only that, I'm going to make a little a self-serving plug. As you know, I've got a new book coming out called Corona Chaos, you know, how to protect your 401k from the next pandemic. And one of the things we talk about in that book, one of the biggest mistakes I find people make when it comes to investing in their 401ks is they just bog down their entire portfolio with nothing but target date funds. You know, oh, that's gosh. a fun that's for a whole other show there. No you're, you're, no, you're right. But again, it's the same thing. So for that person who says, hey, I'm just going to you know, draw money from my 401k. I'm good. I don't need any help. It would be really interesting to see what that portfolio was designed to do during his accumulation period. And now that he's actually going to draw down, as he says, what adjustments or changes had he made to that portfolio as well? Well, and that's what's really sad is because I, I, I know that do-it-yourselfers do that. They just set up their monthly distribution. They don't make adjustments depending on what's going on in the market. They're not rebalancing that portfolio consistently. They don't understand you know, short-term versus long-term money or assets and where to pull the money from. And, and, and sadly, that changes your longevity of a portfolio drastically. And that's why you know, I, I, I've seen do-it-yourselfers come across my desk, but a lot of times it's too late. You're trying to, to repair the damage that's already been done and there's not a lot of things you can do. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest mistakes do-it-yourselfers do today is they don't really understand the power of rebalancing, the power and the necessity. You know, when somebody comes in my office, I would ask them, you know, when do you rebalance? And they say, well, you know, I meet with my advisor once a year and, you know, we talk about the economy and he tells me what he thinks. I tell him what I think. And we decide to just kind of wait around and watch and do nothing. Well, that's not much discipline. And I mean, I think people don't understand rebalancing is not about having a portfolio redesigned just to you know, chase a rate of return. It's really designed to be sure that the allocation that you have chosen, because you, you really understand you know, the difference between a 50-50 and say an 85-15 allocation. And if your portfolio drifts during your investing career, and you don't rebalance, you ultimately kind of drift into a much more dangerous allocation. So that to me is one of the biggest mistakes that people make is they don't really understand the necessity of rebalancing 
and what should trigger a rebalance, and then how do they rebalance? Well, and you, you bring up the asset allocation, which we would tie to an individual's risk tolerance, which is obviously very important. We don't want them to have their money invested that's outside of their actual risk tolerance, what they originally you know, hoped for. But when I think about rebalancing, unemotional rebalancing, it forces a person to do what they know is the right thing to do, but they don't do it. And what's that? That's buying what's low and selling what's high. And when you rebalance an account after it's adjusted with what's going on in the market, it forces you to do those principles. Yeah. Uh, last year, and I apologize for you know, expanding on this, but last year, you know, when U.S. large cap stocks were continuing to do very, very well, all people want to do is buy more U.S. large cap, more S&P 500, when that's the exact opposite of what they should have been doing. You know, and you can boil it really down to one word. I think the average investor that is a do-it-themselfer and even people that work with a financial advisor, I think they honestly lack true discipline. It's easy to be disciplined when you're getting 10 or 15 or 20% returns. But the real test for the investor is how disciplined are you you know, when the market's kind of tanking all around us, what, what do you really do at that point? And that's a powerful change. Well, how many conversations do we have with our clients over the course of this year? And to be honest with you, I think that uh, 2020 is only going to get worse. I mean, with an election coming up, uh, some of the, you know, the protesting that's going on, I mean, it, there's going to be a lot of volatility going forward. And you need to have somebody in your corner to coach you, to be disciplined. And not only that, to make sure that you stick to your investment philosophy that you signed up for. Sure. I don't know how much more time we have, but I guess I would close if we're getting close to the end with this real thought. You know, if you take a look at where the market was back in March, you know, almost knocking the Dow at about 17,000, nobody ever, ever would have predicted that we would be over 25,000 in just literally a 90 day period of time. So I think two things are a lesson for the first half of this year. Number one, nobody could have ever predicted what happened in the market over the past three to four months. But by the same token, nobody could have ever or would have ever predicted such a strong bounce. So it's because the market is so, so unpredictable. And some of our strongest you know, bounces up in the market clearly follow some of the biggest drops. You can't market time. You've got to have discipline that can basically get you through the rough times that we've experienced. And like you, some of the rough times that we probably will experience for the rest of the year. Well, absolutely. Those are very, very uh, powerful words. And it, you, know, you need to always be a long-term investor because if you're time in the market or trying to stock pick, you're, you're ultimately speculating and gambling with your money and you're going to get hurt. Absolutely. For sure. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Obviously, we're going to have to have you on a lot more going forward because uh, you and I can eat up 20, 30 minutes pretty easily. I hope our, all our listeners out there got something out of today's show. And uh, we look forward to talking to you guys all in the future. My pleasure. Stay the course, guys. Take care. Thanks a lot. You've been listening to The Pilot's Advisor, featuring Ryan Fleming, a financial advisor at Fleming Financial Group, serving clients worldwide, but based out of Charleston, South Carolina. If you have any questions for Ryan on what we've talked about on today's show, maybe a future topic idea, or want to talk more about getting a complimentary review of your financial plan, here's the best ways to get in touch. You can go online to the website, FlemingFG.com. That's FlemingFG.com. You can also email Ryan. It's simply Ryan at FlemingFG.com. Or you can call or text to get in touch. 843-475-3038 is the number. That's 843-475-3038. Thanks for listening to The Pilot's Advisor. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting apps. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, 
in many more locations. So whatever app you like to use, search for the Pilots Advisor Podcast today and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.